Welcome to TSF Life, a podcast ministry of the Shepherd's Fellowship Church in Marion, Ohio. TSF Life is designed to bring you biblical teaching in a relational way that's easy to apply to your life. Let's join Pastor Tom Hypes as we dive into today's teaching. I think one of the things that stood out uh, for me And it really goes along with what a lot of you guys are saying. Is just having yet another example that is a depiction of a life. Because again, I'm, I'm going to probably resonate a little bit more at this point in life with uh, the pastor than I am Lonnie. But, and by the way, the pastor was actually in it, uh, younger than me at the time that it actually happened. I'm younger than Kelsey Grammer, but I'm older than... Pastor Chuck, he was in his late 40s, but to see the difference when we truly lean into kingdom of God living versus the cultural Christianity that many of us were raised with um, was beautifully done. I, I think I am not necessarily um, impressed or turned off by having to set up the the tents and thousands of people and thousands of people all all the week long and getting baptized and those type of things. But to see the kingdom of God living in a way that changed lives was really stood out to me quite a bit. And as we were talking about, um, I think it was you, Heather, that was talking about like with some of the revivals that we're seeing around around the community, my daughter, after we seen the movie, and it had a great impact on M and Ashton, um, she was, like, trying to figure out, like, you know what the revival's going on? Did they kind of purposely plan to have the movie, uh, like, coming out, like, right now? Because it just seemed too perfect for them. Like, sweetie, they've been working on a movie for, like, two years. That's, <laughs> that's like, a, that happened, like, 30, no, 50 years ago, you know? So, but, but, it, but it's God's timing. I mean, God knows what he's doing. And I think it's also kind of interesting in our environment. We're back with our studies of going through the life of Christ for the last, um, I actually counted it because I keep rounding it around. It's been one year, seven months that we've been in the life of Christ. Um, And as we're finishing up with the parables, that the timing of it was was beautifully done, which one of the things I love about the Spirit, we get a lot of really good timing stuff that we have nothing to do with because we're not that smart, um, but he is. And so after looking at these parables that Jesus has shared with us as far as uh, the parables of warning like we went through last week, don't, don't, be, don't be Christians, don't be a church that has the appearance of health but doesn't have fruit, um, to come off of the parables about humility about humbling ourselves before the Lord. That, that's the choice we have. And then he will lift us up um, to be able to have that humility within it. And if, for those who hadn't seen the movie, uh, it even plays out much better in the movie than just in the, the, uh, the trailer here when he was washing their feet. Because uh, you had this meeting with the, the elders, I guess, of that church, and they were upset about the shack carpeting. And then later, they, they, and, and like they were wanting him to stop. And then when they came to church that next week, he was washing feet with a big, long line, and they were not too happy about it, uh, which was even great because we had, like, I think he called it a cantaloupe jacket, like, collar on. Yeah. And so he walked around them all ticked off, and 
the girl that he just finished washing his feet goes, why don't you go sit by him? He needs it. Uh, <laughs> uh, I like that line. Um, but being, being able to have that, that humility lifts us up. The, the, the parables are talking about what our worth is. Going back to the prodigal son and some of the other parables that uh, precede it, that each and every person has worth to Christ is phenomenal. And what's even better is you have worth to Christ. The people beside you have worth for Christ. Uh, to be able to see through the parables of, of Jesus bringing together these worldly ideas with the, what the kingdom of God looks like, trying to help us understand things a little bit, to understand the difference between poverty and wealth, uh, plays into that so beautifully. I, I was meeting with a guy this week that uh, had a lucrative um, career, had a really, really good job going, and he started working on his 15-year plan so that like, he'd have his house paid off and have all these things in place before the kids graduated in 15 years. And in the middle of that, he thought, holy crap, I only got my kids for 15 years. And uh, through that, left his job, went into another field where he can do ministry and help people. He can be home every night and every weekend, uh, invest into his children. And his, his mantra is, and I guess, I think it's a quote from the movie Barbershop. I don't know if anybody saw Barbershop because I hadn't seen it. But like the, the end of it where they were talking about this guy's dad, he says he did not have, he died penniless, but he died rich through the free haircuts, through the investing in people's lives and the difference that he made. And he goes, that's what I want in, in Christ. So when we see that, then something like Jesus' revolution or the things that we saw there um, makes a lot more sense than maybe with some of the things that we had. We had the parables of prayer, of understanding Jesus' will, praying through Jesus' will, the discipleship, building that tower, building that house upon the rock. All of those things come together in a way that through something like this, we can get a fictional slash non-fictional view that there really is more to life than cultural Christianity. There really is more than just Sunday morning Christianity. And so th that, that's one of the reasons why I really like the, uh, th this aspect of things in this particular timing. Um, so today, I'll tell you what, here's what I want to do as we wrap up the pills. We're going to go to Mark chapter 4. Uh, again, you got your Bibles underneath the chairs and the baskets around you if you need one. We got U version up and running on your tablets or phone. If you use U version, it's a national app, free. You just download it through local uh, events, and you'll see TSF in today's date. But um, I, I purposely want to spend more time on what the Spirit was doing through us collectively, but I still wanted to kind of bring all this uh, together on the purpose of the parables. This will be a little bit of a recap. Not because we've been through this scripture, but because we've been through this parable in Matthew. We're going to Mark's understanding. So I'm going to read the parable, and since we've been through it in depth, uh, I won't be spending a lot of time on the parable, but I will be talking a little bit about Jesus' response to the people after the, 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 uh, the parable itself. But I'm going to start reading in verse uh, 1, the section. Again, I'm just going to kind of read maybe a little commentary, but not much, uh, where it's talking about Jesus began to teach uh, beside the sea. And a very large crowd gathered around Jesus, so he got into a boat and sat in it on the sea. And the whole crowd was beside the sea of the land. And he was teaching them many things in parables, and in his teaching he said this to them, Listen, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seed fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured it. Other seed fell on the rocky ground, where it did not have much soil, and immediately it sprang up. But since there was no depth of the soil, um, and then the, the sun rose and it scorched, and since there was no root, it, it withered away. 
Other seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no grain. And, no, and other seeds f fell into good soil and produced grain, growing up and in increasing and yielding thirtyfold, sixtyfold, and a hundredfold. And he said, He who has an ear is to hear, let him hear. And I, I love that phrase. It comes up in the scripture a lot of times. It's basically, uh, it's, it's not so much like, hey, if you have physical ears, I hope you heard my little story. It's like if you have he ears, if you, if you receive it, I, I, put, I want you to receive this. I want you to adopt this. I want this to be part of, of who you are. For those who can get this, get this and make it part of your life. Now, for several people, that was a very confusing parable. Uh, for others, uh, like us today, maybe not as confusing because maybe we've gone through VBS stories on it or growing up in church on it or, like I said, we remember the teachings we did on it a few weeks ago. Um, but in this particular case, we find that some people are struggling with it. So, verse 10. When he was alone, Jesus, those around him with the twelve, so again, it's not just the twelve disciples that are there, but there's other people there as well. They asked him about the parables. And he said to them, To you has been given the secret of the kingdom of God, but for those outside, everything is in parables, so that they may indeed see, but not perceive, may indeed hear, but not understand, lest they should turn and be forgiven. Now, if you don't look at the context of that particular phrasing, Jesus sounds a little bit like a joke in this moment. Uh, it almost sounds like he's saying, okay, here's the parables, here's the things of the world. I bring the kingdom of God things, but I only want certain ones of you guys to get it. I'm purposely doing it this way so they don't understand and they're left out in the cold. That's not what Jesus is saying. This particular section that he recites is from Isaiah 6, 8 through 13. If anybody wants to write that down, make sure that I'm not lying to you later. I wouldn't hurt my feelings at all. Isaiah 6, 8 through 13. Well, God is speaking to Isaiah, and he says, who should I send to my people? Isaiah says, send me. The good response. By the way, whenever God says something like that, jump in there. Um, and and what, you know, what should I say? And this is a section of what he is to say to God's people. Because the people had gotten so far away from God, so callous towards God, had got very comfortable in being the people of God, but were not following him, not listening to him, not listen, uh, and not really digging in. So this is the statement against them on their attitude, that they indeed see, but they don't perceive anymore. They, they indeed hear, but they don't understand anymore. They have made a conscious choice decision to turn their back to me. So less, and if they did see or if they did hear, they would turn around and be forgiven. That, that's how that phrasing in that context is. So what he's saying to us is, I'm putting it out there, but I know that there are those who are so comfortable with the leaves and not the figs that they're not going to get this. They're not going to lean into it. They're not going to try to understand what I'm hoping for, what I'm begging for. is not for you to get it because you're instantly smarter than everybody else, but that you would have the wisdom and the courage and the boldness to come to me and say, Father, give me understanding on that. Give me, help, help me with this. That's, that that parable is a little tough. So he's actually, it's, it's a very good thing for the crowd that came to him, that he, they were wanting some information. So as we know in the scripture, it says, if you lack wisdom, what do you do? Pray. And he'll give you the wisdom. That's the promise. So that's a, this, this is an example of that that we see here. So uh, let's go through this next section. This is where we're going to spend, uh, spend most of our time. Uh, in verse 13, Jesus said to them, uh, it sounds a little frustrated. Do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? Okay, so then he got his coffee. 
And he says, in verse 14, the sower sows the word, okay? And these are the ones along the path where they, the word is sown, and then when they hear it, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that is sown to them. And these are the ones sown on the rocky ground, the ones who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with joy. And they have no root in themselves, but endure for a while. Then, when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately they fall away. And others are the ones sown among thorns. They are the, those who come and hear the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things enter in and choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. But those that were sown on the good soil are the ones who hear the word and accept it and bear fruit thirtyfold, sixtyfold, and a hundredfold. Okay, so... But Chris is helpful put a little picture up just so we have our nice little illustration of the four different soils, right? There are four different categories that he's going to give us to be able to work on. This word goes out. The word goes out through the scripture. The word goes out primarily through the church uh, after the scripture. The word goes out with things like Jesus' revolution and the chosen. The word goes out. It is, it is like seed being sown out and about. Absolutely, right? That, that's what's going to happen. If you look at this parable, that's the assumption that that's happening, that we're, we're doing our part. That's the assumption. The question becomes, the soil that it takes and ends up landing in will take and dictate what the response will end up being over a little bit of time. And the soil is up to us as far as what we receive, and the soil is up to others as far as what they receive. Everybody still with me? Okay. So, uh, the top one there, it's my top left. Is it your top left? Yeah, good. Okay. So your top, top, top left is the, the path where he's talking about the sower's going down. He's sowing the seed, sharing testimonies, telling the gospel, getting into the wood, whatever the case may be. Um, and it lands, but the birds come and eat it before it can take root. And he credits that to Satan. Satan, actually, we're going to see behind-the-scenes playbook of Satan in, in, in three of these that he immediately comes and tries to get it from them and take it from them as quickly as possible. And you might have had a season like this in your life. Uh, you might have known somebody that you love, that you're trying to reach out to, that, that has this, this case scenario in their life, but he's trying to get the word before there's any root whatsoever. Now, uh, I'll show this, and a couple of people in the room know more about this story. I'm going to share a few stories today. Uh, and if you go, hey, is that so-so? I just want to let you know it's not. So don't talk about them. Um, we had a situation with a, uh, a gentleman who was um, diagnosed with cancer. Uh, it was unexpected, and it was very rapid and, and very progressive. And uh, in these uh, final few weeks or months of his life, he started working with a ministry here in town, and through that, um, I became part of that conversation uh, because he was not saved. Uh, and, and obviously, we know what, we, what the Bible teaches about that. So the night before I was supposed to meet with him, uh, he ended up going into the hospital. So we didn't get to meet, but uh, we did get to talk on the phone a little bit. And with the ministry that was reaching out to him, with my phone call with him, um, he, he was very nice very kind, 
but really had absolutely no desire to really hear anything about the gospel. Wanted nothing to do with, with Christianity. Um, I think not to me, but to the ministry. He, he, he had said the words. Uh, I think there's something after this. I don't know what it is. I guess I'm about to find out. Uh, and just kind of roll the dice to see what happens. Uh, I talked to him a little bit on the phone. Um, not pretty much anything I said was just shut down as quickly as possible. Not the midway, not the rude way, but just I'm not interested in that. I'm not interested in that. I'm not interested in that. Um, so we um, we did talk to the chaplains at the, the hospital, get some post support around him. Um, Mary has a great uh, ministry because she works at the hospital. She can go to the doors of people and pray over them uh, on the out, out in the hallway, um, and she she was kind enough to do that. Uh, and honestly, it's recent enough that we're still praying. But um, it was just constantly like, well, you know the reason a pastor is going to call you is because we're concerned about your future. Yep. Okay. Do you under feel you understand what salvation is? Yep. What are your thoughts on salvation? I'd kill us. I mean, it's just it's very, very quick. Whatever we, we were trying to put out there, um, Satan was taking just as quick as it could get out of the lips. That that's along the lines of what Jesus is talking about here. Sometimes you'll find it with people that have, uh, I feel like their education is more important than their uh, spirituality, and so they'll be explaining things away really quick because the faith issues are stumbling blocks for them. Some people it's very very quick no because of past hurt or abuse. Some of the things we talked about here a little bit ago. Uh, those are, that's one of the options that you can choose. And that others choose when it comes to the word of God coming into our lives. The next one there is going to be, uh, in, in the order of the scripture here, right underneath that, is going to be the rocky area. Where it talks about a little bit of root getting there, but trial and persecution just knocks them out, out of the rack. So, so they hear it. It's a good thing. They get a little bit of root. They start getting excited or whatnot. But then as trials come, that all gets, gets spurned. All, that all withers away. Um, I have somebody I care very, close, very much about and have been involved in their life for many, many, many years who raised in the church, raised doing ministry, raised going to every VBS and Sunday school that you can imagine, has all the information that they possibly need, loves the Lord, um, all, all the way growing up, ministered in the lives of others, that still today people are like, hey, how so-and-so, they, they just met so much of my life, um, but was a middle child in their family and that doesn't really mean anything except for they were very stereotypically the middle child of the family no matter what the family did they were never enough they always felt like they weren't loved as much as other kids or they didn't fit in and that ended up carrying into the relationship with the lord i'm not i'm not, not enough i'm not as good as other people you know so on and so forth so um gets married to somebody who's in the same boat like identically the same boat and then they start having some financial problems. And they have some other issues going on in the family. They have some loss. Uh, and we go to the mantra, why would God do this to me? That's not a correct perception of what's actually happening, but that's what they went to. Why would God do this for me? So when that happened, that little root just couldn't support it anymore. And they've walked away from the Lord and have been away from the Lord now for about 15 years. That, that's what that generally looks like. When we struggle a little bit, we start blaming God for it and walk away from him. Uh, the thorns, 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 am I saying it correctly with the R sound? Uh, okay, close enough. Um, so we're going back up to the upper right. Uh, is, is a 
painful one as well. Um, kind of similar to the rocks in my view, but it's more being choked out instead of just giving up uh, on the faith. Th this is um, more, again, the kind of the challenges. I, like I have a friend, she, she was with the Lord forever, had two bad marriages back to back, choked it out of her, um, blamed God for it. It appears from the outside looking in. I uh, had a guy touch base with me not uh, too super long ago, and he was going through all kinds of financial struggle, been a Christian for 25 years, and um, was really having some hardships. And so I, I, I gave him, uh, honestly, in this this case, it was mostly resource-related, uh, and gave him the phone number for Love, Inc. or Aspire uh, for him to call down there, and um, and he said he would, and that, that would help, thanks. And then two weeks later, uh, just got the nastiest, full of vile, uh, private message from him of... Uh, hates God, there is no God, I don't have a phone, so I can't call those phone numbers that, that, that you gave me, those only one number, but that's, anyways, um, the, but that's possible, he has Facebook with no phone, um, all, uh, that, that I'm a, I'm a hoax, all these pastors on TV are hoax, blah, 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 um, so obviously he's in a very desperate place, and so I do what I always do, hey, you want to go to Panera? Um, but he's like, I'm not in town. I don't have a way to get to town. Um, I was like, okay. So first, just the private message. And, um, so I gave him some different, uh, encouragement, talked to him about the resources. I get, there's resources available. Uh, if you, I mean, it's, you're going to have to call, use a payphone or something. Um, there is things that God has for you. If you open yourself up to God, you know, God's will. Um, went through some things like uh, with me one of the, the allegations was I just do this to get money uh, so I can pay my bills and anybody goes to college that's a profession that's not a ministry uh, so I had to remind him one I never went to college if you never knew that you do now I never went to college uh, I, I came to ministry late I went through a three-year extended training program uh, in the American Baptist on the, the national level where you can get ordained through that program uh, and five years pastoral experience that was my path I told him I thought it would be pretty important for me to be uh, to know what I'm talking about if I'm going to speak into other people's lives, but college wasn't really my, my path, so ha, take that. Uh, I remind him that at our church, we do not pay people to do ministry. It is uh, in our stated um, vision of things since the beginning that we pay people so they can do ministry. The only reason you guys pay me anything is so I don't have to work at McDonald's 40 hours a week and can't do the job. That, that's what it is. You, you, you support our family so that we don't have that, that burden and I can spend 50, 60 hours a week on the ministry hitting and those type of things. Uh, reminded him that he's never been in a position to be able to financially support the church and asked him if he could ever mention a time that he was ever treated differently uh, for it. Those, those type of things, just kind of helping him kind of deal with some of those things. So the email I got to that one was much better, um, but he still because of the thorns in his life that got so complicated and so wrapped around him and so stealing from the nourishment of his life, uh, still can't perceive God anymore. Everything he knew is now gone. Now his story is not over, but he needs the master to come in to be able to clip away some thorns, to untangle some things. And uh, I pray that, I'll ask you to pray for him as we continue to put out a hand hoping that he'll take it. Those are the type of things that we see generally within 
the world. That's how Satan works. But the good soil, Jesus says, when we choose the good soil, when we let it take root, when we tend it, when we water it, when we give it food, when we grow it, it gets stronger and stronger and stronger in our lives. Uh, he says we do this by hearing, right? Which we always say is adopting. By accepting it, that means I'm choosing to do the word, not just hear it, but do the word. And then he promises that we will bear fruit and we'll have a life that looks much more like constant moving the Holy Spirit in our lives than Sunday morning tradition, I did my thing, check mark. Does that make sense? So that's why discipleship is so important, is that we're leading into more on that area of the good soil. Uh, so the question becomes, as we're making that switch over, is what soil do you have? If it's your choice, what, what, what are you choosing to be the soil as we go into this next, next season? If uh, Pastor Chuck stayed with the soil that he had, uh, it would have been thorns and rocks at best. At best. Um, but from that change, that's when things really start to move. That's when we see. That's when we see what Jesus is doing around us, through us, in us. That's when we hear what the Spirit is saying, what He's doing. If you were blessed by today's teaching, we hope you return for our next podcast. Or better yet, stop by the Shepherd's Fellowship any Sunday morning to join us live. You can learn more about the church by calling 740-382-3500 or check us out online by going to tsflife.com. That's tsflife.com. You can also support the ministry of TSF Life by donating at our church website or sending support to the Shepherd's Fellowship, 1647 Marion Marysville Road, Marion, Ohio, 43302. Thank you for spending your time with us today, and we look forward to seeing you soon. Be blessed.